What is going on, everybody? Good evening. Welcome to Cross Life Students. So glad to see so many faces that we haven't seen in a while back in the room with us. If you're watching us online, man, if, whenever you're ready, come on back. We'd love to have you hang out with us here on Wednesday nights. Hey, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Daryl. Uh, I am the minister of high school here at Cross Life Church. Love what I get to do. I've been here for just over two years or so now. Um, served in Alaska before that, was born and raised in New Jersey, and went to college in North Carolina. So like Florida was the obvious next progression in where we were supposed to live. Uh, but we love hanging out with students. We love getting to pour into high school students and middle school students as well. Um, and if you are a high school student, I just want you to know that you in this room are loved, you are cared for, uh, you are special, and, and we are here for you. So if there's ever anything that we talk about up here or maybe just something you're going through in your life, like, man, call me. Right, reach out to me. Like, let me know what we can do. Nick in the same, is in the same boat. Our other adults that are in the room, every single one of them, I guarantee, would be willing to sit down and just pray with you and talk with you about who Jesus is and what Jesus can do for you and what he's done in our lives. So I just want you to know, like, we're not just here to hang out and, like, sing songs and, like, talk to you from, from the Bible. Like, we're here because we care. We're here because we love you, um, and we want you to grow. We want you to, to learn. So uh, tonight, we're continuing our series called Joseph, um, Dreamer, Slave, Prisoner, Ruler, and we're just taking a look, a snapshot look at the story of Joseph that's found in the book of Genesis. So if you have your Bibles, man, open them up. Genesis is where we're going to be. If you don't know where Genesis is, it's right after the table of contents. Like, it's real close. Open up the first, like, leather part. And then, like, turn a couple pages, you'll be there. Go to Genesis chapter 39. We're going to get there in just a few moments. While you're turning there, while you're opening up your app, because some of you guys are, like, non-paper anymore. And, like, I don't know. For me, like, when it comes to the Bible, I struggle reading it on a, on a screen. Like, give me a paper Bible any day. Um, it's just personal preference. Not that there's anything wrong with reading it online or reading it in the app, but, like, I, just, I prefer paper Bible. But we're going to get into that in just a few moments. But while we're doing that, let me ask you a question. Have you ever um, been in a situation in your life where it was like a really difficult situation? Like you felt like the odds were stacked against you. Um, maybe it was a negative situation where you just felt there was no way that good could come from it. You felt like there was no way that there was going to be a positive swing on this situation that you were in, and like you're in the thick of it, and you just don't know what's going on. You're confused. You're scared. You're concerned. And then like a couple days pass, and you realize when you're on the back end of that situation that you realize that, man, God was really with me through that. Anybody ever been through a situation like that? I know I have. Like, there's, I could list story after story in my life where in the midst of the junk, I thought, like, God, where are you? But on hindsight, like, after it was all said and done, I could look back and see the hand of God throughout every single one of those situations. And here's the thing, guys. Listen, throughout this entire series, we are talking about just that, the faithfulness of God. If there's one theme that you see all throughout the story of Joseph is the fact that God is faithful. God is faithful to his word, he's faithful to his promises, he's faithful to his people and to his followers. Like, he loves you so much that he is going to fulfill what he has promised to you. And we see that in the story of Joseph. 
Last week, Nick kicked us off in a great way, and I, I loved having Nick start it because Nick is a researcher. Let me just tell you this about Nick. Like, Nick will, like, he studied for hours and hours and hours on, like, two verses of Scripture. Like, he, he had all the commentaries out. He's reading through it. He's, he's writing and rewriting and all this stuff, and I, it was impressive. Um, and and I, I was, like, just impressed by what he came to with that message, and, and he brought us a few points. I just want to review those real quick. Um, the first one I actually put on your sheet there because it's not just a, a message, a point for his message. It's a po- point for the whole series, and it's this, and you can fill in the blank if, you, if you're taking notes with us. It says this, Joseph was able to be faithful to God because he believed that God was faithful. That's got that? Joseph was able to be faithful to God because he believed that God was faithful. You know, Joseph, like, as we learned last week, just the, like the first section of it, like in the dreamer ser- part of the series, it, it, like everybody's turning against him. His own family is turning against him, and his brothers sell him into slavery. And, and all these things come up. And we learned a few things in, of, of Joseph and from Joseph is this. The first thing is this. Every family has their problems. You're not alone. Man, how many of you guys have a messed up family? It's okay. You can admit it. Like, wow. Thanks, son. Appreciate it. You're talking about mom, right? Oh, okay. Whatever. That's cool. Uh, but we, we, all have, we all have drama. Like, we all have issues in our family. Like, you're not alone. It's okay. You understand that. God understands that. God also gives us what we need to get through what is happening. We may not know everything that's happening, but God gives us what we need to get through it. And we might not even realize it in the midst of it, but God provides. He's faithful to provide. God also, um, his plan is often greater than our plans. Anybody ever realized that? I know I have in my life. Like, my plan, like, for my life when I was in high school, I've, t- I've shared this with you guys before, was I'm going to go play D- Division I college football. I'm going to go to the league. I'm going to make millions of dollars, and then I'm just going to be done. Right? Like, that was, my, that was my plan. Obviously, that worked out real well for me. Because here I am <laughs> standing in front of you. I don't have the millions of dollars. I never played a snap in the NFL. I never played a snap of college football. Like, God's plan was different for me than what my plan was for me. And that's okay. God's plan is often greater than our plans. And then we also are challenged to trust the process. Like in the midst of the junk, in the midst of the things going on in your life, just trust God. Trust that God's got it. Trust that God's going to take care of you. And we talked about that as we looked at Genesis chapter 37 last week. Well, tonight we're going to skip to Genesis 39 because Genesis 38 doesn't really talk too much about Joseph's story. There's some things in there. It's interesting to read. I encourage you to read it. But like Genesis 39 is where we pick up Joseph's story. So we ended chapter 38, Joseph is sold into slavery, all right, we pick it up in Genesis 39, starting in verse number one, let me read it to you guys real quick, just the first six verses, and then we'll read some more after that. Ready? Here we go. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him, and he made him an overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he had made him overseer in his house over and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. 
The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything or anything but the food he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. We'll get to those la that last sentence here in a few seconds. But I want you guys to understand in those first six verses what's happening here. Joseph, remember, is sold into slavery. Like this is like, this is not like he applied for this job. He's not like, he, he's not like putting himself out on Indeed and trying to get like the next best like butler job, right? No, he is sold into slavery. And in slavery in the Egyptian times, man, like Egyptian was, Egypt was built by slaves, like in that time, like you think of, like think of all like the, the pyramids and all the structures that we see of like ancient Egypt. You know who built those? Not the aliens, all right, but the, the slaves. The slaves built that. It's hard work. It's backbreaking work. I mean, you could read all about it. You could see the history books that like it, Egypt was built on the backs of slaves. Yet Joseph, in this moment, he gets bought by this guy named Potiphar. And it, it is put into slavery underneath Potiphar's care, who worked as an officer to Pharaoh. So he was a high-ranking guy in Egypt. He wasn't like the king, but he was a pretty serious guy. Like he, he ranked pretty high in the, in the pecking order, if you would, of Egypt. And he's put there, and, and, he, and very quickly, Potiphar realizes that, that Joseph has the Lord in his, on his side. He sees God working in him. He sees the blessings of God upon Joseph's life, and he realizes, man, this guy's got it all put together. I'm going to give him a promotion. And quickly, Joseph rises in power as a slave. He goes from, like, being a servant in the house to being in charge of everything in the house. <laughs> That's a pretty big thing for a slave to be in charge of everything. Like, there's a lot of trust in there. There's a lot of, there was blessings that, that God was pouring on Joseph and pouring on Potiphar through Joseph that allowed him to be in that position. And it was God's faithfulness right there. Uh, we see it all throughout this story. I mean, you look at these six verses, and, and even though Joseph was sold into slavery, God is still faithful. How is God faithful? God is faithful by a few things here in these first six verses. The first is this. First, God is faithful by dictating where he goes. God is faithful to Joseph by dictating where he goes. Like I said, Joseph is sold into slavery in Egypt. He could have very easily been on like the, the millstone of grinding things to, for, or grinding wheat, or, or he could have been pushed out there to push these giant blocks into the pyramid construction or whatever it is that they were building. But no, he got put in a place. Potiphar's house was better than the slave labor of building. God's hand was upon that. God was faithful by dictating where Joseph goes. God is also faithful by being with Joseph. We see this in verse number two. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. And it goes on throughout the next couple of verses to talk about all the good that happened in Joseph's life because God was with him, and people recognized that God was with him. God being with Joseph and his presence being with him brought success and blessings upon Joseph and even Potiphar. God's faithfulness, his hand was in there. Even though 
Joseph is still a slave. God is also faithful by elevating Joseph. God is faithful in elevating Joseph. What I mean by that is he's faithful in promoting Joseph into a, a place of power. Promoting Joseph into a place where he earns the respect of Potiphar, which is going to become important. <laughs> I mean, Potiphar trusted Joseph enough to leave him in charge of everything. Every last thing that he had was under Joseph's care. God was faithful in elevating Joseph. He was faithful by being with Joseph, and he was faithful by dictating where Joseph goes. God's faithfulness was on full display here. Even in slavery, Joseph had God's hand upon him and assisting him. But here's the problem. As we keep reading, it wasn't all fun and games. If you're familiar with the story, you know what I'm about to read. But if you're not, man, get ready because it turns south real quick. Here we go. Joseph's in slavery, and, he, and things are going pretty well for him, as good as a slave can be. Like, he, he's in a great position. He, he's got trust of his master, all these things. And then verse 7 happens. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. Verse 8, but he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her or to be with her. Verse 11, but one day when he went into the house to do his work and none of the men in the house were there in the excuse me none of the men of the house was there in the house she caught him by his garment saying lie with me but he left his garment in her hand and he fled and he got out of the house and as soon as she saw they had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. Then she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came into me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. As soon as his master heard the words of his, that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. Joseph's master took him, put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. And in the beginning of verse 21, let me just read you this again. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. You read the story of Potiphar's wife and Joseph, and, and I don't know about you guys, I get angry. I get, I get upset because I feel like Joseph is set up here. He's set up and, and he's put in a position where he did no wrong. He purposely like, avoided sin. He purposely rejected it, and, and he got into a position where an accusation was made. An accusation was made, but Joseph was able to remain faithful even when the sin and temptation came knocking on his door. 
Remember that, that phrase that we coined in the beginning, Joseph was able to remain faithful, or be able, was able to be faithful to God because he believed that God was faithful. Joseph, in this situation, his character was put on trial, his integrity was put on trial, he was put in a position where he could have easily sinned, and this all would have just gone, gone away. But he had morals, he had, he had integrity and character, and he said, no, I will not do this great sin. I will not sin against my master or my God. Because he knew better. Because here's the thing, guys. Joseph's faithfulness to God and his character meant more to him than that moment of pleasure and sin. Joseph, in the midst of that temptation, was able to remain faithful to God because he knew God has been faithful to him. He was able to stand firm on his character. He was able to stand firm on his morals because he knew God was faithful to take care of him. That God would would help him through that. God, Joseph's faithfulness to God and his character protected him and allowed his story of faithfulness to continue. Guys, listen, this very well could have been like the end of Joseph's story, but God wasn't done with him. You see, in the midst of this, like, God was still faithful. Remember the beginning of verse 21 that I read where it talks about how, how God was still with him. God still, um, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. Like, God didn't leave him by the side, didn't leave him by the wayside when he got thrown into prison. No, he still loved him. He was still with him, even in the midst of these accusations. Because here's the thing, God was faithful to him. I want you to realize something, that Joseph ends up someplace when the accusation comes, and it's a sign of God's faithfulness. I know what you're thinking. Well, Daryl, like he ended up in jail. How is that a sign of God's faithfulness? It's very simple. Because the other alternative to Joseph being in prison was he could have ended up dead. In that time, if a slave is, is accused of doing something, like, there was no trial. There was no, like, fair trial for this person. Like, automatically, you are guilty. And no one would have blinked an eye or, or even thought twice about Potiphar saying, you know what, Joseph, you crossed me. You made a move on my wife. Off with your head. And everybody would have been like, oh, another slave dead. It would have meant nothing to them. It, it was a piece of property. It wasn't a human being to them. And, 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 they, and they would have easily just like killed him off. His story would have ended right then and there. And like here we are, the, the ch- chapter 40 and on wouldn't be there for Joseph's story. But God is faithful. God is faithful to Joseph. He is faithful to Joseph by by allowing him to get thrown into prison. And we're going to talk a whole lot more about this next week, this idea of of Joseph being in prison and and what God does through Joseph while he's in prison as a prisoner and how God's faithfulness continues to remain on display throughout this entire time. I love the story of of Joseph here because it it just is filled with God's faithfulness. I think back on my life of all the times that God was faithful to me. 
I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. There, there's so many examples, and I won't bore you with them. I already mentioned my, my football story where, like, I had a plan, God had a bigger plan, and in hindsight, like, I look back, like, man, my, God's plan was way better um, because I ended up with the wife that I have, the kids that I have, the job that I have, the location that I have, the blessings that I have because of God's intervening when I didn't understand. God was faithful. He took care of me. I also look back um, in just a couple years ago when I was when I was looking for a job when I, I was I was ready to leave Alaska and I started the job search and 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 God was faithful to present this job the Cross Life Church job in front of me and like throughout the whole process like I stand back now and I look back at everything God was doing I was interviewing with other churches at the same time um, there was a possibility of me going to Virginia there was a possibility of me going to Texas like there was all these different places that I was interviewing and it was like when I was at a break point, you can ask my wife about this, I was at a breaking point of trying to figure out where I needed to go because it seemed like all three of these jobs were, were hitting a, a point where I had to make decisions. And I didn't know what decision I needed to make. I didn't know where I needed to be. I, I kept praying about it. I kept asking God, like, God, give me something. Give me something. I don't know what to do. And like within just a couple days of each other, the other two jobs, one, like I found out that there was a deal breaker. Like I was like, yep, can't do that. That one's off the table. And the other one, they ended up hiring somebody else. And, like, they removed me from the process. And I was like, thank you, God. <laughs> like, I, a rejection email never felt so good. Because <laughs> I was like, sweet. Now I know where I'm supposed to go. I know where I'm supposed to be. I know where I'm, where I'm headed. And I ended up here. I ended up at Cross Life. And, guys, listen, the last two years, can I be honest with you guys, have been difficult. Like, COVID was one of the most difficult things I've ever experienced in ministry and trying to figure out how to do ministry in the midst of a global pandemic and like trying to figure all that, like it was tough. But man, God continued to work, God continues to work and God is continuing to just open up doors of ministry opportunity. And guys, listen, I can honestly take a step back from that situation, here we are, you know, three years removed from the start of it and I can say, wow God, your hand was in every single step of that process. Your hand was involved from here to here to here to here. God, thank you for your faithfulness. What about you guys? We're all in these situations. We're in similar situations. Maybe, I, I doubt any of us have been sold into slavery or anything like that. Or like we've been sold into slavery by our brothers and our sisters. If so, man, come talk to me. You've got a great story. Um, I want to hear it. But like every single one of us has trials that we're going through. And guys, listen, I'm here to tell you that God is faithful through all of them. No matter what it is you're going through, God's faithfulness never changes. God's faithfulness never leaves your side. And there's some lessons that we can learn from Joseph. As we look at the story of Joseph, specifically in chapter 39 today, like, we can learn some lessons. We can, we can see some things that Joseph does and that God does that we can apply to our lives right now. So I ask you guys right now, like lock in for these last couple minutes. Because this is the point where if you will take these points and apply them to your lives, if you'll take these points and truly, like, apply them to your heart and to your decision-making process, guys, listen, God will do work. I promise you that. Lesson number one, and this is just a reminder. I had a meeting with a student earlier this week, and, like, man, like, the entire meeting was all about this point. Is this, ready? God is faithful to his plan for your life. 
Can I give you that, like, that peace and that relief? Like, you don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to figure out an A to Z plan for your life. You don't have to know what the next 30 steps are and have the next 10 years planned out. You don't even have to have the next year planned out. If you're a senior in high school, I get it. You're stressed. If you're a junior, get ready. It's coming. But you don't have to have it all figured out. God is working. God's got a plan. All you have to do is pursue him. Pursue him. We might not know the plan, but trust me, he does. And in the midst of it, it might not feel right. It might not feel fair. But guys, listen, God is still going to work. Look at Joseph's story. Slavery wasn't fair. Being a prisoner in, in, in jail for a crime you didn't commit is not fair. But God still worked. God still moved. His plan continued to move on because God is faithful to his plan for your life. Point number one. Point number two, ready? Live in such a way that God's faithfulness is on display. Live your life in such a way that God's faithfulness is on display. This is one of the things I love about Joseph. Anywhere he went, people noticed that God was with him. We see it here in chapter 39. We saw it in 37. We see it again later in the story. Like people recognize that God is with him because Joseph, guys, listen, is living faithful to God. Joseph's decisions that he's making are reflecting a faithfulness to God because he believes that God is faithful. It's a reciprocal relationship. Joseph is able to be faithful to God because he believes that God is faithful. He knows that God is going to take care of him. He trusts that God's plan is greater than his plan. And he lives in li his life in such a way that that's on display. What about you? What stresses you out? What are you panicking over? What do you just need to give to God? What do you need to present to him? And say, God, I, I don't know what to do here, but I know you know what to do. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to, be, I'm going to pursue righteousness in my life. I'm going to be faithful to honoring you with what I do. Because I know and I believe that you'll be faithful to me. Live a life in such a way that God's faithfulness is on display. God is faithful to his plan for our life. Live a life in such a way that God's faithfulness is on display. And point number three, in the midst of the darkness, trust that God's got it figured out. In the midst of the darkness, trust that God's got it figured out. I'm reminded of a story. A couple of years ago, I got a phone call. I was up in Alaska from my mom saying, hey, your grandmother, um, she's been diagnosed with cancer. It's not looking good. She's in the hospital. Um, you know, I just want to let you know. And 
this grandmother in my life was like another mom. Like, we grew up in the same town. She was involved in our lives. Like, it was personal at this point. And I remember hanging up the phone with my mom, and I looked at my wife, and I said, I think I got to go. I think I got to go to North Carolina and, and be there. So I got on a plane shortly thereafter, a couple days later, and I flew all the way from Anchorage to Raleigh, North Carolina. My parents picked me up, and we drove straight to the hospital. And for the next three or four days, I spent almost every day in that hospital room sitting with my grandma, spending time with her, laughing with her, praying with her. See, she was a believer. She, she knew Jesus, so there was, there was joy, but there was also suffering. And my uncle made the trip down as well from New Jersey. My uncle was not a believer. And I was sitting in the lobby of the, of the hospital because I needed a break, and I was just sitting out in the lobby away from everybody, away from the family. And my uncle came and sat down next to me, and he said, I don't get it. I don't understand how she can be so peaceful knowing that she's going to die. I don't understand how she could be at, at peace and in pain at the same time. I don't get it. I don't understand. And I remember sitting there and across the chairs from my uncle, and I said, man, I don't fully understand it either. But I do know that God's got it. The moment she takes her last breath here on earth, she's gonna be in the presence of Jesus in heaven. Her pain is gonna be gone. Her suffering is gonna be gone. And we just gotta trust that, that God's got it figured out. God knows what he's doing. The next day, I had to fly back. I had to fly home. My grandmother was still alive, but definitely on the decline. I left, I had to fly through Los Angeles, then up to Anchorage, and I had a long layover in Los Angeles, and I was sitting there, and all of a sudden my phone rings, it's my mom. She says, hey, I just want to let you know your grandmother passed away shortly after you left. And I remember sitting there in LAX, just kind of heartbroken in that moment, and just like trying to wrap my head around that, what I, that news I had heard, and got on the plane, and, and flew home, and for the next like two days, I was just uneasy about it. Sunday afternoon rolls around, I get a phone call from my mom. And she says, hey, I just wanted to let you know that your Uncle John, for the first time ever, came to church with us. My, my uncle's not a church guy. He, had no, he was in my wedding and he, he, he stepped into the baptismal because um, the lights were off and he thought we had a pool. Um, but she calls me and she goes, hey, your Uncle John, um, he came to church with us. And as I was sitting next to him, the pastor gave the plan of salvation and, and offered the opportunity for someone to pray to receive Christ. And she goes, as I was sitting next to him, I heard him say the words, ask Jesus into his life. And I remember sitting on my couch in Alaska, just like tearing up, going, God, you had it. It was one of the darkest 
times of my like adult life, like my grandmother was so close to my family and so close to me. And in the midst of her loss, our loss of her, God moved and used her to reach my uncle. And I say all that to say that, to say this, guys, listen, in the midst of the darkness, trust that God's got it figured out. You may not understand what's going on. You may not understand the why or the how or the what, but trust me, he does. So if you're in the thick of it right now, if you're going through one of those valleys, if you're in one of those trials, one of those struggles, guys, listen, I'm telling you, God's doing work even if you don't see it. God's doing great things even if you don't see it. Even if you don't see it right now in this moment, guys, listen, I promise you God's at work. And he'll continue to be at work because, guys, guess what? God is faithful. God is faithful. And that statement I started this message with that, that Nick told us last week, right, that Joseph was able to be faithful to God because he believed that God is faithful, let me rephrase it for you. I want to make it personal to every single one of us. And I, I had freedom in it when I wrote it out this way earlier this week as I was prepping for this message. Ready? We are able to be faithful to God because we believe that God is faithful. That statement doesn't just apply to Joseph. That statement should apply to us too. We need to believe that God is faithful. We need to believe that God is able to get us through the junk. We need to believe that God is able to walk through these trials with us, through the uncertainty, and guide us step by step and give us the, the things that he desires for us. And guys, listen, if we stick true to his plan, I promise you we're going to come out better for it. It doesn't mean it's going to be all roses and, like, and dandelions and like super fun fluffy kittens everywhere. But it does mean that in the end, God's plan will succeed. God's plan will continue. God's plan will continue to move forward. So I ask you this question very simply. Are you faithful to God? Are you faithful to God? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very simple yes or no question. Are you faithful to him with the decisions you make day in and day out? Are you faithful to him with the things you dwell on, with the things you work with, the things you think about, the words that you use, the statements you make, the pictures you send, the, the, the things that you watch, the relationships you have? Are you faithful to God with your life? It's a gut check. Are you faithful? Because here's the thing, guys, listen. God is faithful. And if you truly believe that he is faithful, you will be faithful to him. Because here's the thing. If you're not being faithful to him, I have questions. Do you really believe that he is Savior? Do you really believe that he is God? Do you really believe that Jesus came, died, and, and sacrificed his own life for our sins? was buried, died, defeated death, rose again from the grave so that we could have eternal life. Do you truly believe that? Because if you do, guess what? You're going to desire to be faithful to him. Do you have that? Joseph was in the thick of it. Joseph was in, in like just the muck of life. 
yet he remained faithful because he truly believed God was faithful. What about you? The greatest sign of God's faithfulness in our lives is the salvation that he offers to us through Jesus Christ. The greatest expression of faithfulness that God has ever given us was named Jesus. And because of his faithfulness, he's given us an opportunity to be forgiven of our sins. The very thing that separates us from God, the, the sin in our lives, the thing that separates us from heaven, that keeps us out of heaven, the sin, in our, the unforgiven sin in our hearts and in our lives. Guys, listen, that very thing can be forgiven because God is faithful. And he's faithful because he sent us Jesus. And if we would just repent of our sins, ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and make him Lord of our lives. Guys, listen, and we remain faithful to him. And we say, God, I want to be faithful to you. I want to pursue you. I want to live for you in all that I do. Guess what? He's faithful to forgive you of your sins. Scripture says that he'll, he'll remove them as far as the east is from the west from your life. Like, meaning that you'll never be charged for that sin ever again. If that's not an expression of faithfulness, I don't know what is. So I ask you tonight, Maybe there's one in here that's never taken that step. That's never accepted that gift of God's faithfulness through Jesus. You can leave here tonight knowing that you're forgiven. You can leave here knowing that you've accepted that gift of God's faithfulness through Jesus, that salvation that he offers, that forgiveness of your sin. And it's simple. All you have to do is say, God, I, I believe that you are son. I believe that you are our God. I believe that, that Jesus died for my sins. I accept that gift of salvation. I promise I'll be faithful to you. I'll make you Lord of my life. I'm going to pursue you in all that I do. And you can leave here tonight knowing if you were to take your last breath tonight, much like my grandmother did a couple years ago, you'd be in the presence of God in heaven. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Nobody's looking around. I just ask that you, you take this time. If you're a Christian in here, man, pray for the people in your life that aren't. Pray for the people in your life that, that need this faithfulness of God, that, that need it. Maybe you're in here and you're a Christian and you just haven't been living a faithful life to him. Man, take some time and just talk to Jesus. But if you're in here tonight, and as I was talking about that faithfulness, that gift of salvation, that gift of God, that gift of Jesus, the greatest expression of God's faithfulness ever. If that's you, and if that like struck a chord in your heart, and you're like, man, I need that in my life, I want to give you an opportunity to accept that gift of faithfulness, that gift of salvation. In the silence of your heart, you don't have to say it out loud. God hears every word you're thinking right now. In the quietness of your heart, say something along these lines. Say, dear God, I need you. I'm a sinner that needs forgiveness. God, I accept that gift of salvation, that expression of your faithfulness through Jesus. I accept it right now. God, save me. 
change me. Take me to heaven when I die. Lord, I give you my life right now. I want to be faithful to you because you've been faithful to me. Then just follow it up with a simple amen. Every eye still closed, every head still bowed. If you're in here tonight and you said that prayer with me right now and, and you meant it, you may not understand it fully, but may, you meant it because you know that you need that in your life. I wanna ask you to do something. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna make you stand up. I'm not gonna have you like shout and all that kind of stuff. I'm just gonna have you look up at me. Just look up and make eye contact with me. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? I see you. Those three that just looked up at me, I need you to listen to me very carefully. The greatest decision you could ever make in your life is to accept that gift of salvation, that faithfulness, that faithfulness of God. But guys, guess what? It doesn't stop right here. This is just the starting point. This is like the launch pad. This is where you start to pursue him. This is where you're faithful to him. This is where you continue to follow him. Where you live for him, that you're faithful to him because he is faithful to you. Those of you that looked up at me, you can put your heads down. Before you leave tonight, I want you to find either me or Nick or my wife, any of our leaders, really. And I want you to tell them. Tell them the decision you made. Not because we want to like be able to like write it down in a notebook and be like, ha ha, got another one. But because we want to celebrate with you. We want to come alongside you and encourage you, challenge you in your life and, and help you grow in a relationship with Christ. We want to help you figure out what your next step is, what that, what that looks like to follow God, what it looks like to live a faithful life to God. Remember, we live a faithful life to God because we believe that God is faithful. And that expression of his faithfulness was just played out here in those three of your guys' lives. You can leave here tonight knowing that you're his. Now live a life that's faithful to him. As we get ready to close out in a time of worship, I want to challenge us all to sing out praises to him, to worship him with our whole hearts because of what he did in this place. Lives have been changed right here in this moment. We celebrate that. I'm gonna pray for us. We're all gonna stand. We're gonna worship together. But when I say the last amen, I want you to do me a favor. As I say amen for this prayer, I want every Christian in this room to celebrate. I wanna hear hooting and hollering, applause, cheering for what God did right here in this life. Because I want these people that made this decision tonight to know that they're loved, that they're cared for, that they have a community that loves them and is gonna wrap their arms around them. So let's all stand to our feet as I pray.
God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place, Lord. I thank you for the lives that have been committed to you right now. God, I thank you for the story of Joseph and how it challenges us, how it it pushes us to be better, Lord, how it pushes us to be faithful to you because we know and we believe that you are faithful. God, I thank you for the lives that have been given to you right now. Lord, I pray for those three that I saw and maybe those that I didn't see. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to stand firm on this decision. Lord, that they would tell someone tonight, Lord, that we would be able to come alongside them, pray with them, work with them, challenge them, and help them to grow. Lord, I pray that this would be a place of life change, Lord, that this would be a place where people will be equipped and encouraged to live out their faith, to live out a faithful life to God, because we believe that God is faithful. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' most glorious and precious name we pray. Amen. Let's give it up for what God did there.